Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Purdy Insurance. Visit Purdy Insurance on Market Street in Sunbury or visit online at purdyinsurance.com. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Happy Monday, everybody. Great to have you with us here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. It'll be another talk mat off the ledge week after the Eagles tied Cincinnati yesterday. The NFC East now has a whopping two wins in three weeks, and they were guaranteed one, although Washington and Philadelphia could have tied. Washington beat Philadelphia, and Dallas won a game that they probably had no business winning over Atlanta. Those are the only two wins for the NFC East. That's it. Today's show is brought to you by Purdy Insurance. Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Auto, home, life, business. They'll find ways to save you money. Whether it's an individual policy or maybe it's a bundle, they'll figure out a way to save you money if they can. If they can. They are the insurance professionals. You know what I really like about the Purdy people? They're great people. There's great people to be around who are just great insurance professionals. Purdy Insurance. Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. We are in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, Road to 11 and 15 in Hummels Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Ford Lincoln Kia Hyundai, great pre-owned inventory, great deals to be had. Ah, the fall is the buying season. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, and check it out online at sunburymotors.com. Penn State special teams have been exceptional over the years, and a big reason last year's special teams improvement happened was because of Joe Lorg. Thank you. Appreciate it. I'm, I'm, I'm honored to be here. Well, let's start with this. Uh, how difficult has it been during the skill instruction? Because for a long period of time, there was split between blues and grays for you to put together what a special teams practice would look like. Yeah, you know, that, that, that has been a challenge from an on-the-field standpoint. You know, what, uh, what Coach Franklin did is, is, is maybe allotted some more time, some more meeting time for us, so we were able to to do you know take a little bit more in-depth teaching and those kind of things uh some you know different situations and stuff like that that maybe you you know we always cover those things during fall camp but maybe more in detail than we normally do um certainly the on-field stuff you know that's that's the difference probably in special teams and the offense and defense is when you're broke up into two different practices it's really difficult to get the timing and those kind of things um so we really tried to focus on it again you know enhanced learning time off the field and then on the field, working on, on fundamentals and those kind of things. I know as a practice goes, there'll be times where you'll be looking at different personnel, and then James will suddenly walk up to you and say, hey, what about him? He could be on special teams. Hey, what about him? Uh, you know, I know how it works with him. Has that happened in this blue and gray period, even though he can't get them all together? Now they are together, but when you couldn't get them all together, was that suggestion still being made and that kind of evaluation of who could be a special teams guy? Are you kidding me? Did that happen during the blue and gray period? That happened during my workout today. I was working out about a half hour ago, and he and he texted me and had had an idea. So uh, that that's something that I love about him. You know, that's number one. It shows you his attention to detail with everything in our program. 
but whenever he does that, the way that I look at it, you know, from from my from my lens, is it shows that he cares about special teams. He's he's thinking about it. A lot of head coaches will give it lip service, but they're not thinking about it. They're thinking about the quarterback or the running back or the linebacker, you know, or, or whatever position. Uh, the fact that he does that it, is it shows me that he's always thinking about it, which which is part of why I love working for him and with him. So, Joe, a lot of people, when they think of schemes, they think of all these intricate plans. How important, though, for you and what you do is starting with a base fundamental of simplicity and then working from there? Well, that, that's our whole mantra. You know, we, we believe that simplicity equals speed. Uh, we've got good players. We've got, we've got great schemes, don't get me wrong. But, but I'm, I'm a very simplistic special teams coordinator in that I'm not trying to show everybody how smart I am. I'm very confident with the schemes. I've run them for a long time. And then we have little variations and tweaks. Uh, kind of our philosophy is we want to make things really simple for our guys, but when you watch it, it might look confusing for you with just small wrinkles that, that are very easy for us to learn and to teach. Um, but, you know, a lot of times I think special teams guys can get carried away with their scheme, and it get, takes away. You only get so much time. No matter how much your head coach believes in special teams, you only get, you know, some schools 10, some 15, the most I've ever seen 20 minutes a day. Um, and if you get too carried away, uh, it, it, it's easy to, to get away from fundamentals, which is really what makes the difference in, in football overall, but definitely in special teams. And so, you know, a, a big part of that also is getting the players, our players believe in what, what I'm telling them, what we're telling them, and that is we've got great players, we've got great teams that are simple. Now we're going to keep it simple to allow you to play fast. And that's, that's really the, the mantra around here, and, and it's been successful for me over the years, and, and uh, I'm excited about it. Joe, teaching moments certainly can happen out of nowhere, and the play of the week in the NFL, as we all know, is the Greg Zerline onside kick by Dallas that Atlanta tried to let roll 10 yards, and then when they did, Dallas caught up to it. So what kind of teaching moment was that for you as a special teams coach? Well, you talk about Coach Franklin caring about it, right? So I was not watching the game. I was doing something else with one of my daughters, and, and I got the phone call. So I knew something was and I got about 20 texts. So I knew something was up. Uh, from our staff so yes yeah, certainly we watched it uh, we, I haven't used it yet because that we're, we're not to that phase uh, this week yet but we're going to use it this week as, as teach tape you know one of the things that we do is we take uh, eight to ten plays every week not not just now we've done this you know I've done this for, for as long as I can remember because uh, you know special teams there's there's plays that change games right and some of them are really big, like that one, and some of them might might seem smaller, like downing the punt on a one instead of on the one instead of it being a touchback, right? Little things that really have a big impact on a game. So we've always done we take eight to ten plays from college in the NFL, we combine them, and then throughout the week in our meetings, what you know, if it's punt, we'll use a punt example. If it's kickoff return, a kickoff return example, for instance, uh, and we use them as teachable moments for our guys so that we can try to learn. From other people's you know mistakes or or fortunes, however, whichever side of it that you're on, obviously, um, and so certainly that you know that was a glaring one to the whole country that that we're going to use um, and try to learn before those things happen to us. Uh, we watched Jordan Stout kick off last year. We watched him hit a couple of fifty-plus yard field goals, including the school record fifty-seven yarder against Pitt. Tell us a little bit about Jordan Stout, the punter, and maybe a little bit about the possibility of Jordan Stout, the holder. Yeah, so, you know, Jordan's a very, very special talent. Um, number one, he's, he's a special kid. He, he's, uh, I love him. He's a great person. He, he's a real advocate for our program and for this community. Uh, very good student. You know, he, he's the kind of guy you want at Penn State. He's the kind of guy 
that you want wearing wearing our Nittany Lion colors. So uh, that first and foremost. But you know, he he's just super talented. He's he's a great kicker. Um, we knew that. You know, showed that last year. Very very competent. Not not only in long field goals, but also in short field goals. We're just we're just blessed to have two guys that are good at that. When I say short, I mean shorter than fifty. You know. Um, and then what a lot of people didn't know is that he's a great punter. You know, we we were just blessed to have a, a superstar like Blake Gillikin where, where we didn't need that position. Um, but, you know, when I went out across the country and scoured the country looking for who was going to be the next Blake Gillikin, um, there were some guys that I liked and there's some guys we brought into the program that I'm really excited about. But I just didn't think anybody was necessarily ready to, to step in and play that, that would be as good as Jordan could be to help our team immediately. Um and so I'm really excited about it. He's, he's hitting the ball great in practice. Um, you know, the thing that we have to be aware uh, aware of that I've, I've talked a lot about in other interviews is, is just I got to be careful with, you know, how I think of it as like a pitch count of yeah. a pitcher. You know, when, when you're kicking off and you're punting and you're potentially kicking long field goals, I just want to make sure that we don't wear them out. And, and really, not even so much as in games, to be honest with you, it's more that workload throughout the season during the week you know and just making sure that he's mature enough to handle um because some of those guys you know they, they want to be great and so they take they want to do more and more and more reps and and there's a certain point where where more is, is too much and so just and i know he's mature enough to handle that so i'm excited about him doing it all um you know i get a lot of questions about the holder situation i'll, I'll be really really honest with you again going back to my simplicity how do I choose a holder is really simple. I ask the field goal kicker, who do you want to hold, <laughs> right? Whoever they have confidence in, that's who I want to be their holder. And, and, and you know, J- Jordan certainly has Jake Pinnegar's confidence, and, and those two work together. They get hundreds of reps a day. You know, when we're off doing offensive and defensive things, that's what those guys are doing all day long. So, you know, like you'll see some teams, they'll use a quarterback or a receiver, and there's nothing wrong with that. I've, I've done that before. But you think of the amount of reps that Jordan and Jake, for instance, and Stoll, our snapper, get together in the course of a practice. It's, it's literally hundreds, and then you multiply that over the weeks, and and just the amount of repetition and confidence they have in each other. Um, I'm excited about Jordan. Very, very excited about Jordan. In fact, you know, uh, when you and I did that piece for the Nittany Lion Club back in in June, I told the story quickly about Robbie Gold. He was very particular about who held for him, and it made a difference for him. And of course, it's turned out into a 15 year NFL career for him. Does oh, it's it's a, it's a major deal. I, and I may have told you this at the time. I can't remember, but we had a guy when I was at Memphis. We had a guy that was a holder for Jake Elliott, who's the kicker for the Eagles now, uh, and he was he was. He was a walk-on. He was not on scholarship, and he was thinking about leaving the team. Uh, you know, he just—he—he he, he was a hold. I'm not minimizing holder. It's a very important job, but I mean, he was just a holder. He didn't do anything else, and and wasn't on scholarship. And we felt he was so valuable that that Coach Norbell, the head coach, actually put our holder on full scholarship because he wanted to keep Jake Elliott happy and comfortable. And uh, I think he probably do the same thing today because it worked out pretty good for us. Yeah, Tony Romo, by the way, can tell you the value of a holder. So, <laughs> yeah, isn't that the truth? Uh, very quickly, uh, does this? I, I know you're trying to think in the moment, but it, with Jordan holding, does that increase his value at the next level because of how the NFL treats it? Absolutely. Yeah. If you're, they say now, uh, if you're if you're a punter and you can't hold. There, that if it's even close as far as making a team or not making a team, you're not making the team. That all all of our guys, um, every one of our specialists, I, I tell them that story every year. Uh, it's a fact. Any NFL guy will tell you that. Um, you know their their numbers are just so much less. 
that they have to have guys that can do multiple things. So, and you can it's specifically punters to hold because um, oftentimes the kickoff guy and the field goal guy are the same. You know that's why that works out. But anytime you can do more things well, you know if you can kick off and punt well, now you have more value, right? Even if you're a backup at one or the other, that allows them to have one less guy on the roster that they feel like they have to eat up a roster spot with when your numbers are so crunched. It's much different than college. Special teams coordinator Joe Lorg. Believe it or not, they're going to have media day coming up this week. It's going to be spread out over three days. Well, James Franklin's on Wednesday. Coordinators on Wednesday, and then players will be uh, on Thursday and Friday. So it's media week. The uh, Nittany Lions will be playing in uh, just three and a half weeks. The weekend of October 24th, they have not released yet the actual schedule. So is anybody playing on Friday night the 23rd? Is everybody playing the 24th? How's that all going to play out? We still need to find out. We'll come back with more in a moment. We'll try and talk Matt off the ledge in a moment after the Eagles tie with the Bengals yesterday. Today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Fall is here, and just like the leaves, prices are falling on new Kias at Sunbury Motors Kia. Now is the best time to get into Sunbury Motors Kia. While others don't have what you're looking for, SMC comes through. 2020 Kia Serenos are up to $6,475 off. Save over four grand on 2020 Kia Sportages. And drive away in a 2020 Kia Soul for as low as $17,990. When you stop by, all prices are clearly marked with rebates and discounts. See the sticker and know the savings. Remember, every new Kia comes with a 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty. Celebrate Fall in a new Kia from Sunbury Motors Kia on the Strip in Hummel's Wharf. Savings include all applicable discounts and rebates through KMF, including Sunbury Motors Kia discounts. Warranty is limited powertrain warranty. For details, see dealer or go to Kia.com. And speaking of Shikalimi, they won 14-0 over Milton on Friday night. You're asking, how do I know that? It was that billboard the suit bought on Route 15. Uh, it's, I must have missed that. Uh, it starts out with another award-winning call. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible, unbelievable. They were the one that won. They, it, um, Lewisburg uh, struggled again, and Sealess Grove stud- suddenly can't score. Yeah, they they were shut out on Friday night against a, a good Shemokin team. They only have three points in the last two games, right? Yep. Yep. See, you didn't. You don't think I keep track of this stuff? I always knew you did. Yeah, but there you go. All right. Well. I don't know how to start with you. <laughs> well, quite frankly, I don't really know where to start either. The ledge is growing larger. Yeah, it's it's getting harder. The ledge now contains you <laughs> and others. Yes, that grew but, exponentially after that bizarre game but, yesterday. 
but you're a half game out of first place. Which is all the more incredible and the, so 2020 that a tie against the Bengals of all teams would actually help the Eagles gain a half game in the division. That division right now is two nine and one. Does that sound right? That is correct. Two nine and one. Nobody in that division's any good. I didn't think the NFC East could be as bad as it was last year, but I was wrong. It can be worse, and it's this year. (laughs) But here, if you're an Eagles fan, here's the part that is distressing in in the division part of it. When you sit there and you take three units each team, offense, defense, special teams, and that gives you 12 units. Of the 12 units, the best unit of any unit in the NFC East is the Dallas offense. That's a a problem. That's a problem in terms of, hey, we're only a half game out. But the problem is the best unit in the division is Dallas's offense. And I think that becomes a a big issue. (laughs) That's a big issue. And... If you're an Eagles fan, it's a big issue. It's not a big issue if you're a Cowboys fan. That's a good thing. You've got the best quarterback. you got the health, health-wise the best running back. Because Saquon's out. Then you get better wideouts than everybody else. In fact, the wide receivers for Dallas are, by a wide margin, better than anybody else in the NFC East. Matt Leon's going to jump in here in a few moments. We will get his rather uplifting assessment of the Eagles. Matt and I will search out every positive we can. All right, segment's over. <laughs> there's no, there's nobody buying this, are they? Is anybody buying this? I think I don't think anybody is now. I mean, I tried to talk you off the ledge last week. I now feel like the fool. Today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Hi, this is Season from Purdy Insurance. As we continue in the green phase per the governor's order, most of our staff continues to work from home to practice social distancing for the safety of our staff and clients. During this time, we are operating under the guidance of the insurance department. Our office remains available to service our current and new clients by phone, by calling 570-286-5855, email, and by appointment. Our after-hours emergency service is also ready to assist our clients with their needs. From the team at Purdy Insurance, stay safe, be well, be kind, and know that we remain dedicated dedicated to the highest levels of service to protect what matters most. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Matt told me he was able to watch overtime. That's right. Me and every other Eagle fan that didn't have the game yesterday, which is probably a blessing in disguise, but. Can I just make a blanket statement? 
Your team's not good. All right, uh, okay. So, You're right. They stink out I'd, loud. Thought I'd mention that. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance. Now, they're good. Great people. Fabulous insurance agency. They get it done. Speaking of really good, Sunbury Motors as well. We're in the Sunbury Motors studio. Now for an uplifting Eagles conversation, we bring in Matt Leon from Philadelphia. Welcome, sir. Great to have you with us. Good to be with you. Okay, so Doug Peterson has backed up Carson Wentz and has dismissed the talk of Jalen Hurts. Look, if you had answers about Carson Wentz, I'm sure that you'd mention it to somebody. So what are you seeing? I... Uh, the only thing I can think of is it's mental, is that it's a combination of trying to do too much with having mistakes start to compound themselves on mistakes. So he starts to try to, you know, score 12 points on one play, and, and it just mistake leads to mistake leads to mistake. Um, it's not all on him, and I'm he has not been good, you know, other than the first quarter and a half of the season. The first, you know, most of the first half in the season opener against Washington, he has been pedestrian at best. Um, I just find it hard to believe that he's regressed this much. Uh, with Specifically, even early in his career, he was always pretty good with turnovers, and he's become a turnover machine. Um, but to be fair... There we are watching the game yesterday, and it's like we're back to November of last year where, you know, you've got Zach Ertz, and from a receiving standpoint, your best option is a guy like Greg Ward. Nice story, serviceable player, by no means a number one receiver. Uh, So that doesn't help. Uh, But all that being said, they were playing an awful Bengals team, and they should have found a way to win. So to answer your question, I think – I don't think it's a health thing with Wentz. I think it is a mental slash confidence thing. What about this Jalen Hurts chatter? I mean, you and I both know there's nothing to it, but because he's not ready to play in this league. No, but it's the natural. And Howie Roseman's a fool if he didn't anticipate this would happen when you draft Jalen Hurts in the second round instead of filling some of the multiple holes you have across your roster. Uh, I mean, you really thought right, wrong, or indifference once Nick Foles left that, okay, it's going to be Carson Wentz's team. They like this Nate Sudfeld kid. They'll develop him for a few years, maybe do what they did years ago with A.J. Feely, flip him for a way too high draft pick to a team that's desperate for a quarterback. And, uh, you know, and, and Sudfeld showed enough in the few times he had to play him that, you know, short term he could maybe he, he could hang in be there. the guy. He could yeah. hang in there. Yep. So then you go and you draft Jalen Hurts in the second round, arrogantly act like everybody else is the fool for questioning <laughs> why you would want to not take a good player with this pick. And then you clutch your pearls when your starting quarterback struggles and everybody's calling into the sports talk radio stations and uh, talking about how it's time to bench Carson Wentz. I mean, this was not a hard uh, you know, equation to see come to pass. 
uh, I, I don't think even if you wanted to, even if you wanted to knee jerk and go with Hurts, and you think Wentz is washed up, you're going to San Francisco on national TV, Steelers, Ravens. You, as much as they've put guys in position to fail on this roster, you would be putting this kid in a tremendous, doing him a tremendous disservice by putting him at the front of that that gauntlet. So even if you wanted to do it, I don't think you'd do it till later in the season. But I, you know, who couldn't see this coming? The only the only way this doesn't happen is if they start out three and out. This is worst case scenario on steroids, but yeah. you know, this is not. I don't think it's unreasonable to think angry fans are going to stay this. It's not. Like, it's it's life. And I just don't understand. I don't understand so much of the mindset. Nothing ties together. And in tying things together, you have to tie your defense into what you're doing offensively. What aren't they doing defensively to at least – help the offense out because in a tie that means the other guy scored as many points as you did yeah I mean they don't make plays like they had eight I think they finished with eight sacks yesterday and that's a big number that's a really good number none of them changed the game they don't force turnovers if I'm not mistaken I know they haven't intercepted a pass yet and I don't think defensively they forced a fumble they forced one or they turned the Rams over on a punt you know, and this, I think we talked about this last week. You can make your arguments yardage and, mm-hmm. you know, well, they're playing pretty good. And it was unfair against Washington because the, they had the ball in Eagles territory from all the offensive turnovers. You know, fair point, but this defense doesn't do anything to change the game, to flip the field, to, yeah. to jumpstart things. Um, and, you know, I think. We they really were the same last year, and all you did really from last year was subtract a guy like Malcolm Jenkins, who was one of your few playmakers. I mean, I don't mean Fletcher Cox was dominant in the overtime, and yeah. they got pass rush the best they have. But you know, they don't they let a rookie quarterback now a talented one who I think is going to be a star, but a rookie quarterback on a terrible team score twenty three points, and at one point I think the Bengals scored on four or five possessions. If you're a good NFL defense, I know home field isn't what it is, but playing at home, that doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. Like, that's – it's just – they're just a collection of guys. It's just – they're they're nothing special. I think we've seen that through three games. They played two terrible teams, lost to one, blowing a 17-0 lead, tied the other at home. And they got blown out by the only respectable team they've played so far. And the Rams, by no means, are yeah. are, are dominant. Like, they're a good football team. And they expose the Eagles on both sides of the ball. So, I, no reason to think things – I think that we're – you know, this is going to crash and burn. I think it's been a long time since Eagles fans have had a year like this. But I, I don't see light at the end of the tunnel. I really don't. Well, what about the, the entire East? I mean, if Washington played Philadelphia. Now, I know, obviously, we can tell by yesterday, ties do happen, but essentially somebody had to win. So that's right. one. Yeah. And then let's do a whirly bird onside kick. That's two. <laughs> and that's it for the NFC East. Yeah, no, and that's probably the one thing that will keep them alive is you're looking, you know, 
seven wins could do it. I have a hard time seeing them get to seven. I mean, I'm honestly at this point going to be surprised if they're not 0-5-1 after six weeks. Uh, I mean, maybe something happens next week. San Francisco's beat up. Maybe they, you know, the the turnover thing goes their way for a change. But I, I, I don't see a path to a victory the next three weeks based on what we've seen the last three weeks. And this is a team that now lost Dallas Goddard to injury. Deshaun Jackson sounds like he's going to be back, but he's banged up. You know, maybe they go five and one in the division, and you know, win one non-conference game and six nine and one wins the division. It's not crazy given what we've seen. I think, I think you look at Dallas as bad as they look defensively. They've got dynamic things on offense that mm-hmm. they'll win their share of shootouts. They they at least do something well. You know, I what do the Eagles do well? I mean, seriously, um, they it, they tie. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, they, they, you know, they, they, Miles they, Sanders has been Miles Sanders. Yeah, uh, you know, past that, they don't do anything in the off- offensively. We talked about defensively. Jake Elliott's been good kicking. Okay, you know, like there is nothing you look at and you sig- and you circle. This is what this team's good at. At least Dallas puts points on the board. They give up a ton, but they put points on the board. And and I think a team that does one thing well in this division will probably be the team that wins it. Thank you so much for the incredibly uplifting segment. <laughs> Thoroughly enjoyed it. Felt felt like it really advanced the ball. <laughs> I think I, I just think it's I think you're seeing a lot of things with the Eagles come to roost. A lot of contracts given the guys that probably were past their prime, but yes. They have a legacy on the in the town, and I understand it. I think the more egregious thing is just awful drafting that you're seeing really catch up to them. Yeah, no question. You know, here's the other part too. In all seriousness, Matt, um, when you win, this is where the Patriots are so good. The Patriots don't get attached to people. Yeah, and, and it sounds so cold. And they have stayed near the top because, look, they looked at Brady and they weren't attached to him. He was a big reason why they won. But they've got so many moving parts over the years. Mm-hmm. And you see this in every single sport. You win. You feel good about it. You know, everybody's attached to them. They keep people. And that's what the Eagles have done, I think. They've hung on to people maybe a year or two longer than they should have instead of having them ride off into the sunset because their time had come. Yeah, no, and I think they've got – now a lot of this is smoke and mirrors, but I think they've got a lot of contracts that are going to hurt them going forward when you're dealing with the salary cap. Um, it's, I mean, like you said, I know – but it, I think it's a pretty bleak situation. I, I think the only thing you can kind of hang on to is I don't think Wentz is this bad. I, and, just, I just don't understand why 0-2-1 seems bleak. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. And it's not just the 0 2 It's the it's, it's how the, they got there. How they got there and who they got there against. Yeah. This was supposed to be the easiest stretch of the, of the okay. schedule. Let's, let's be honest. The Eagles have not played well since the first half at Washington. Yeah. And after that, they have played one poor half, mediocre half after another. That's, yep. the, part, that's the part that's really bothersome. Yeah, and... It's always something different. Yeah. yeah. Well, after a segment like that, you really want to f- you feel like charging through the door and attacking the day. All right. So, <laughs> Matt, thanks so much. Appreciate it. Appreciate you. Thank you. It's not like being, for example, a Jets fan. 
Chris Elio. You walked in with no expectations. So anything you get is a pleasant surprise. Eagles expected, Eagles fans expected, they would get back on track. Not happening. Back with more in a moment, brought to you by Purdy Insurance and News Radio 1070 WKOK. By the way, uh, coming up on Thursday night on the Penn State Coaches Show, presented by Pepsi, James Franklin will be the guest. So I'm sure they'll get some idiot to talk to him. Wonder who that might be. But yeah. So uh James Franklin will be the guest on Thursday night. I mean, he'll be on in the final half hour six thirty on Thursday. Okay. We're getting closer. As I refer to it as three more empty weekends. Three more empty weekends. KJ Costello threw for over six hundred yards of Mississippi State beat. LSU, right? Under Mike Leach, that is only the fifth highest passing total ever. (laughs) How about that? Well, where did Mike Leach come from? (laughs) That's all you need to know. Washington State, Texas Tech. (laughs) That's the fifth highest total he's had. Then Oklahoma, again, the problem in the Big 12, it just continues. If anybody in that conference can play defense, come on. Here's the, here's the problem you have. If, if, you're an, if you're an Oklahoma fan, does it mean they're out of it? No, nobody's out of it this year. This, may be, this could be one of those years where nobody ends up undefeated. May may end up being that way. When you look at the SEC, Mississippi State, LSU was an opener. It wasn't Jacksonville State against LSU. In other words, they didn't have a game with Jacksonville State to work out a few things and then play an SEC game. They had to open with Mississippi State. Same thing, Mississippi State, of course, had to open with LSU. And before the game, they asked Mike Leach about opening with LSU. He says, yeah, Green Bay and uh, and the Seahawks were already scheduled. So we got LSU instead. I watched the first half of Georgia and Arkansas. Georgia, uh, without you know, no Jamie Newman, he opted out. JT Daniels wasn't clear. They're down there third and fourth quarterbacks. But they're losing this game in the third quarter. Then finally took control and won. Those are opening games. Here's the problem for Oklahoma. That wasn't their opener. It wasn't Kansas State's opener. They lost to Arkansas State. And if you're sitting there and you're an Oklahoma fan, that's a big problem. That you already had a game under your belt and didn't get better. 
Spencer Rattler was fine, except he threw three interceptions. Skylar Thompson, the fifth-year player, played well enough. They won. Then I'm watching Texas Tech play Texas, and Texas Tech just flat out blew the game. Botched things up on an onside kick. And then couldn't stop them. Doug Peterson, by the way, backing Carson Wentz and dismissing any thoughts of Jalen Hurts. He was asked about it on WIP today. No, you don't go there. That's a knee-jerk reaction. Carson's our quarterback. We're going to get it fixed. He's going to get it fixed. You turn to Jalen Hurts. Huh? What? Yeah, no. In what orbit? And I'll give you another hint, too. Stop it with the gadget plays with Hurts. How about get your quarterback right on the field? If you want to do it when you're waiting, on the goal line, whatever. You're, you're... Well, I'm just saying, when you're losing a game, especially to the stinking Bengals... You don't take Wentz out from under center and put this kid in. You You wasted a draft pick on. Awfully bitter guy. Yeah, you're bitter. Bitter, bitter, bitter. I mean, like, enough is enough already. Now you hate Atlanta. You don't like them. Well, yeah, I mean, that was the risk I took, though, by picking them against the Bears. Because I didn't really trust Mitchell Trubisky, but then all of a sudden... He throws the bad pick in, comes Nick Foles, and does his thing, as he has always done. Yeah. Do you now go someplace for anger management? (laughs) Not yet, at least. I'm just thinking of the child. It's... Uh, he was being passed around by Lisa's family members while, watch, while I was watching the game yesterday. He was in no danger. No, I bet he was. In terms of being passed around, I bet he was. I'll tell you, he's a happy little guy. Yes, he is. That's because of the positive influence of the mom. <laughs> no doubt. Because <laughs> yeah, dad is one bitter dude. Mike Conti from Atlanta next half hour on why Matt made the wrong choice on Friday. Was that the game that like vaulted you out of first place? It probably was, but I lost that game. I had New Orleans. I lost that. I need the Chiefs to win tonight. Wow. You are desperate. <laughs> 